The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown in stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline, pylon, touchdown, and the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. We hope you had a great Christmas, a happy holiday, and of course, we want to wish you a happy new year. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented to you by our partners over at Prize Picks. Yeah, that's right. Prize Picks truly is daily fantasy simplified. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know what it is by now. But if not, hey, head on over to prizepicks.com or download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PUNT and you get a 100% deposit match on your first deposit. Up to $100. So what is prize picks? Well, it's daily fantasy. But you simply select two, three, or four players and predict if they will go over or under their fantasy point projections. Tomorrow's the Peach Bowl. A great game between Georgia and Cincinnati. JT Daniels has been on fire. So has George Pickens. Do you think that they're going to end the season on a strong note? Well, select both of them to go over their fantasy point projection and win real cash Today, it is an absolutely unbelievable app. It's so much fun. I'm looking at it on my phone right now. There's college football, NBA, college basketball, NFL, soccer. So much opportunity to win real cash on prize picks. Download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code PUNT and you get a 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. Hey, do you love basketball? You can pair cross sports. You can do college basketball with NBA basketball. You can do college football with NFL football. It is the most fun. I am on an absolute heater right now. It's been my holidays that much better. Head on over to prizepicks.com. Download the Prize Picks app. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game. On the market, it has a 4.8 star rating in the app. The user interface is so sleek. You will love it. Check out Prize Picks. We have a loaded show for you today. It's our college football playoff preview show. We're going to touch on the semifinal games. We, of course, will break down the New Year's Six games as well. Aaron and I are on fire. I'm 3-0 and on our bowl season picks. Aaron's 2-1. and We're going to let you know what to expect in this weekend's action. So without further ado, let's get into it. Here we go. Punt and pass. 
All right, let's do this thing. Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron, of course, is at AaronMurray11. Head on over to puntandpass.com. Everything you need to keep up to date in the world of college football. It's got our YouTube page. Everywhere the podcast is distributed. It's got our blog. It's got our picks, our merch. It's the best website in college football. And Aaron, this is our college football playoff preview show. Yeah, we did a quick bowl season episode earlier this week. Ho hum, I was three and one against the spread. You were two and one, so nothing to sniff at. But most importantly, we absolutely were nails on the Florida Oklahoma game last night, the Cotton Bowl. We called it to a T. Keep in mind that game opened when bowl season was announced. Florida being a three point favorite. Before kickoff last night, Oklahoma was an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Florida was an eight-and-a-half-point underdog. Florida's entire offense sat out. A lot of their defensive playmakers sat out as well. You knew it could be a long night, a lot to prove for Oklahoma. And, buddy, you hit the nail on the head. Oklahoma beat Florida 55-20. to 20. Wow. Where, where to begin? I mean, if you're a Florida fan, how are you feeling right now? Great. I mean, Happy New Year to you. Thank um, you. Obviously, a very unique Years actually, I should be on the road right now calling the Ball State San Jose State game today. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So CBS, we have two games. Those um, are your boys, San Jose State. Yeah, it's going to be a good game too. A seven zero team, Mountain West champs versus a six and one Ball State team. So CBS gets two games. Uh, the first one, the Sun Bowl, which Gary and Brad cover, got canceled. Yeah. So then they kicked me off my bowl game and gave that bowl game to Gary and Brad. Oh, so, gotcha. Yeah, I would, I because I've had the Arizona Bowl for the past three years. Uh, it's kind of been my game with Rich, and you know, love going to it. It's a fun game. Had a fun one last year, and this was going to be a really good one this year. And then got the call, hey, we're going to move you guys off of it. Thanks for a great season. See you in twenty twenty one. I was like, damn, damn it. All right, there goes my vacation to Arizona for uh, for New Year's. So. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be great just sitting around weather is kind of crappy. So we'll just be ordering a lot of takeout, drinking a lot of wine hanging yeah. out a little and watching some football. But yeah, that was an absolute ass whooping last night. <laughs> Not a good start. Kyle Trask. I mean, I just feel so bad for him. I mean, the kid has been so good all year long. Uh, you know, ever since he took over for Felipe last year has been nothing but one hell of a quarterback. So if this was his final time suiting up for the Gators, this is not the way it should have gone out for him. I feel bad. Three picks, no touchdowns. None of his receivers were there. Pitts is gone. You're playing against one of the hottest teams in the country in Oklahoma right now. It just sucked, man. I just, like I said, I hate it for him. Um, but, you know, I know you, you texted me this morning. Those comments, Dan. Oh, Nelson, yeah, we'll get to them. Him, him, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Him and Dabo right now, I have just the, the, the comments of the year between the two of them. Yeah. Just, just they're, they're perfect examples for, for a seminar next year for coaches across America on what not, not to, to say. Do. <laughs> Don't say this. Prime example, because it's so funny. We Whenever we have our seminar for CBS, they always show um, – you know, it's, you know, in August, we fly up to New York. It's like a two-day thing. And then they always have, a, you know, presentations of, you know, the good and the bad from the previous year. And you're like, God, please don't tell me I'm on the bad video. Please don't tell me I'm yeah, on the bad video. Yeah, you don't want to get your dirty laundry aired out. Yeah, this is going to be on the bad video uh, for all coaches for 2021 of what not to say to the press, him and Dabo this year. 
It really is unbelievable. And here's the thing, okay? Everybody knew heading into that game last night with the massive point spread swing, Oklahoma going to be a favorite now. They started as an underdog. Oklahoma with a lot to prove, a lot of young talent, Big 12 champs trying to carry that momentum into 2021. And I said it on Monday's podcast. It seemed like the exact same situation that Georgia was in in the 2019 Sugar Bowl when Texas was in the exact same situation. Big 12 champs trying to carry their way. Excuse me, they runner up the Big 12 because they lost to Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. Sam Ellinger was coming back. They wanted to prove that they were going to be on the right side heading into 2019. Now, I give Kyle Trask tons of credit for playing last night. And I tweeted it out, and I, I was getting responses that I didn't exactly think I would get. People were like, he's a bum, he sucks, three picks, what a terrible decision for him to play, what a joke. I go, well, that's the whole point. Like, that is the entire point of why it made me like him more. He knew he was out there with his JV squad. I mean, his top four targets weren't playing. They said it. Holly Rose said it on the sideline. She's like, Kyle Trask had legitimately two and a half practices with these receivers. I mean, you saw guys weren't running crisp routes. Guys were dropping the ball, and it was getting tipped up and being intercepted. That's why I respect Kyle Trask for playing a Heisman finalist, an NFL prospect, one of the best seasons a quarterback has had in the last 10 years, and he went out there and finished what he started. So I give him a ton of credit. I, you and I said it. We're like, we don't even think Kyle Trask is going to play the entire game. Yes, they were getting blown out. Emory Jones got a bunch of playing time. The third-string quarterback actually looked pretty good at the end of the game, yeah. too. I think he could possibly compete for the starting role for Florida next year. But it all goes back to this, okay? The LSU loss for Florida was crippling crippling they just finished their season with four losses Aaron that is unbelievable because this was a team that had legitimate college football playoff hopes just three weeks ago I mean they were talking about how they were one of the hottest teams in the nation Kyle Trask a Heisman contender Kyle Pitts a Heisman contender Dan Mullen can draw up offense to go up just against anybody in the nation and I still believe this I tweeted it out last night I still believe that if Florida beat LSU and played Bama as close as they did in the SEC championship game, that they could have gotten into the college football playoff. Keep in mind, Texas A&M got blasted by Alabama. I think the committee could have easily made some ridiculous excuse for Florida to jump Texas A&M based off how the Gators played the Tide in the SEC championship game. Yes, I know A&M beat Florida, but you know how wonky those situations get. And you and I talked about when the college football playoff rankings, the final one came out, like if you put Notre Dame against Florida at full strength with their entire team playing, I'd probably sit there and go, I like Florida. I like Florida in that game. I mean, that is an opportunity that was lost because they lost to LSU. And it's unbelievable. Um, I want to get – you go ahead. Yeah, well, listen, it's, I'm sure Dan Mullen's just kicking himself right now with the fact that um, it, it's just been a snowball downhill for, for the biggest decision of not playing Kyle Pitts. I know. In that game. I mean, that, that's – Oh, my goodness. If you play Pitts in that game, I guarantee you they win the game. Um, yes. Versus LSU. I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't have. What, this team was not good enough. At the end of the day, let's just be let's be honest. They weren't defensively. It's been like this all season long. I mean, you can say, you know, yes, they would have, they should have won the game versus LSU. But you know, I just don't think if, if they did make it into the playoffs, 
I don't know if the committee looked at them as a playoff team, even if the if, even if they beat LSU and lost the way they lost Alabama. I just don't see it. the defense all season long has been pretty piss poor, honestly. I mean, I just don't think it's a it's a it's a championship caliber team because of that defense is just not there right now. So I would have honestly, and and you know the way Oklahoma finished the season off, I, I would not have been mad if they would have put Oklahoma. In I agree. Too. Oh, hundred percent. It's a damn good team. The way they finished the year off, um, I'm sure that right now the Big 12 is pretty much just pounding their chest like, look at us, look at us, look at us. We beat the second best team in the SEC. And we beat them pretty good right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, so I, I was really impressed with those guys, you know, and this still goes back to the bigger discussion of who should have been into the final four at the end of the day. And I'm still frustrated. You know, I, I, I've been doing shows all week, kind of doing the preview. And obviously you and I will jump into the preview here in a second, but I just am still pissed off. Really am frustrated that the fact that Ohio state is in me the too. Just oh, me too. They should, they should be in it right now. I mean, there's just so many teams that got snubbed, but you know, going back to your, 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 kind of thought on on Florida right now it is amazing I mean this team eight and four eight and four I mean (laughs) it's unbelievable they lost on the road to A&M I mean that that was a great football game tight game 41-38 they just destroyed Georgia I mean just they put a little bit on they could have hung 70 on them yeah they could have I mean they they really called the dogs off there in the fourth quarter I mean this team was rolling they they were they were a tremendous football team and then all of a sudden they just got punked by LSU you know, an LSU team with their third-string quarterback, LSU team without any skill players, and they lost on the on at home, 37-34. So, you know, it, 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 I think this is, to Dan, maybe a, a rude awakening of, you know, listen, we're close. I do think Florida's close at the end of the day. They, they did take a step forward in the right direction. But championship teams, as we all know, they win the games they're supposed to win. And they know how to finish a season. And this just continues to show me why Alabama has been so good for so long. Yeah. Because no matter who Alabama plays, whether it's a team that is one and eight or a team that's undefeated, they don't care. Like they are going to come and stomp you and they're going to come and dominate you. And that's, that's, that's really what separated Alabama for the past decade compared to teams like Georgia, compared to teams like Florida this year. Yeah. They know every single week we are showing up to play football. And I think that's the mindset that these teams have to – That if you want to be a consistent playoff team, if you want to win championships, and I'm talking to Georgia, I'm talking to Florida, that's the mindset you have to have every single week. And and then you train yourself. Like it's not something that you can – you can't just flip the switch on yeah, and off. You 100%. just can't do that because if you tell yourself that, hey, we can turn it on this game and then we don't have to turn on this game – you're just training your body and you're training your mind not to compete at the best every single week. And like I said, Alabama and the way Nick Saban has taught those guys is the switch is on every single day in practice, They're the switch is on every single football game. And that's why you see the consistency there. And that's why you saw for Florida kind of them falling off the cliff there in the past three games. Yeah. I mean, the week after Thanksgiving, you were in Knoxville calling the Tennessee Florida game. Florida was eight and one. They were the number six ranked team in the nation with real college football playoff hopes. They finished the season on a three-game losing streak, which is just unbelievable. Clearly, the defense is not where it needs to be. I want to ask you about the future of Todd Grantham. It's getting pretty loud there in Gainesville and on Mm -hmm. social media. But you wake up this morning, because I went to sleep fourth quarter last night. I mean, the game was a blowout. Um, I did win a prize picks entry. I checked with you beforehand. Spencer Rattler over. Kyle Trask under. Hello. Get in the green room. That was fantastic. Wake up this morning. 
and you look at Dan Mullen's quotes, I mean, <laughs> whoa. I just don't get why. Yeah, okay, I, so here are the quotes. The point? Here are the quotes. Post-game quotes by Dan Mullen, okay? And these are hand-picked. Quote, the last game this 2020 team played was 11 days ago, talking about the SEC championship game. Because, obviously, everybody knew how many guys you had opt-out. Still, you don't say that. You still fielded a team. Next quote, we didn't have to play. From a numbers perspective, we were under the numbers. We didn't have to play. Well, you did, okay? So that's not an excuse. Next quote, I thought our scout team guys played well. I mean, what are you? Just say, hey, we weren't prepared. You know, we got a lot of young guys playing. Oklahoma played great. We look forward to 2021. I just don't get it, Aaron. It's such bad optics. It's such bad optics. I I, I don't know what to say. I'm actually dumbfounded by those comments. I, I mean, listen, you said it. Everyone knew that you were at a disadvantage. So no one's no, – I don't think there's many people – I mean, look at the line for Vegas for goodness sakes. I don't think anyone's expecting Florida. Even Oklahoma fans knew it. No one was expecting Florida to win that football game. So all you have to do is, is just move on. End the year on a graceful note. Say, hey, you know, we, we wish we'd have had some guys. We we didn't. We went out there. We played as hard as we could with what we had. Didn't work out. Oklahoma's a damn good football team. Yeah. They finished it off strong. Yep. This is a team that's going to be really good in 2021 based on who they have coming back. Really impressed by them. And uh, we're looking forward to getting ready for 2021 in this football season. That's it. Walk off the stage. Yeah. And move on. Yep. You know, it's just uh, to me, why why end the year on such a, such a a nasty note in such an excuse way where you can just there's such an easy way to flip it and be positive. Um, and I just think you gain a lot more respect from your team. I mean, this is this is two this is two just really comments from Dan Mullen that just has me scratching. I mean, I go back to uh, shoegate when when he tries to defend his player saying oh what he just he just threw the shoe like I didn't see anything wrong with that yeah, was like, it wasn't malicious it was part of the play like yeah you need to set it like you were the boss man so that's two comments in a row now that your your team is looking at you and now they say okay well coach Dan Mullen according to the media doesn't mind if we throw opponent shoes yeah cleats. it's true and now he's pretty much just dogging our, our second and third string guys and making excuses of why we didn't win the game like you need to, as a head coach, you're 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 there to develop these young men. That's one of the reasons why I committed to Georgia and, and to Coach Rick because I knew at the end of the day that he would, you know, turn me into a better football player. One, but also he would develop me into a better man, a man that that understood responsibilities, understood that I need to take care of my crap. Yeah, a man that's not going to make excuses. He in sets life. the tone. Like, yeah, he sets the tone. I mean, that is the role that you are developing eighteen to twenty-two year old men and. If I'm a parent and I look at Dan Mullen right now, I'm saying, well, Dan Mullen's fine with with personal penalties and throwing cleats, and Dan Mullen makes excuses yeah. left and right. Like yeah, it's crazy. I don't want my son learning from that. Like Dan, be a man, own up, be graceful in your losses, and move on. Yeah, Plain and simple. yeah. I mean, he ain't getting fired. He, he's going nowhere again. Look, they were just eight and one. Okay, Todd Grantham might be on his way out. I think that's one of the moves that Dan Mullen's going to have to make, right? I mean, the noise is loud. And when you make those excuses, somebody probably is on the chopping block to say, hey, you know, we understand we weren't good enough to be that championship caliber team to make the next step. Maybe we need to tighten up the defense. 
it was not good last night against an Oklahoma team where you expected they would be at full strength with their offense. Lincoln Riley yep. would want to beat an SEC team because they have it in the past. They get blown out by LSU last year. They lost to Georgia in the Rose Bowl. Last thing here, okay, on this game, right? When Dan Mullen talks about, hey, our scout team, I thought they played well. You know, we didn't have to play. At John Tweets Sports on Twitter. Tweeted this last night. John's Tweet Sports. Follow him. He's a good follow. He said Jim McElwain's staff recruited Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Toney, Trayvon Grimes, Malik Davis, Damian Price. So who has offensive genius Dan Mullen created, recruited, excuse me, the team we saw tonight? I think that's pretty glaring, right? I mean, what it's telling you is that, hey, Mullen sat, or excuse me, McElwain's guys sat, Mullen's guys played, and they got exposed. Who knows what that says about the future? But well, um, I, I, I would be concerned. You know, we'll see what Emery can do. If, yeah. you know, if Emery is the guy going forward, obviously he's kind of more what Dan Mullen wants as a quarterback. You know, that guy that can run the zone read. I think he has a good arm. Um, you know, Dan Mullen, when I talked to him, when I covered that game versus Tennessee, you know, feels like he's definitely progressed. And, you know, he's kind of buying his time right now and maturing. Uh, so we'll see if he, you know, what he looks like with the full off season. But this is going to be a very different Florida team next year. You know, you said that they may lose Grantham. That defense is going to look different. Um, and then offensively, you're losing your best playmakers and your quarterback. And it's not like they have an offensive line that's been great either as a pass. So this is going to be a very different Florida team. If I'm Georgia right now, I'm licking my chops. Oh, like, hey, yeah. The dog, we took a little year off. We gave you guys an opportunity to win the SEC. Uh, but next year, we got our whole offense back pretty much. And uh, we're coming for blood. So I think Georgia last night was the big winner in this one. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Georgia, let's dive right into it. I mean, what a great day of college football we have on New Year's mm. Day. Starting at noon, it's the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. It's on ESPN. Number nine, Georgia taking on undefeated AAC champs. Number eight ranked Cincinnati. Georgia is a seven-point favorite. The total is 50 and a half. Um, I saw Georgia's wearing black jerseys tomorrow. It seems like the Peach Bowl wanted both teams to wear their home jerseys. And Cincinnati is wearing red. I think it'll look really crisp on TV. Probably twenty to 25,000 people in the stands. So it'll be a good atmosphere inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I, I like Georgia here. I, I really do. I like Georgia. JT Daniels is playing at a very high level. This will be, I think, the best defense Georgia's faced in the second half of the season, no doubt. Um, and coincidentally, I don't think Cincinnati's played anybody like Georgia all season long. I really like the tone that Kirby Smart has set in the past two off seasons. If you want to opt out, we support you. Thanks so much for being a Georgia Bulldog. We will always be here for you. But next man up. Time to step in. Use this as a springboard for the next season. This is almost like, Aaron, time that they did not get this spring. Spring football was canceled. You don't have those development practices. And Georgia, I think, has a huge advantage because they practiced at Buttsmere all week. They were in Athens all week. They're treating this as an away game. They are in their regular routine. This is a big-time spot. For Cincinnati. I mean, Luke Fickle said it today in the coaches press conference area. And he said, yeah, I mean, we're used to the Birmingham Bowl, right? I mean, this is a huge deal for Cincinnati. I think the moment may be a little bit too big. I like Georgia here. And quite frankly, I like him in a big way because of JT Daniels, because of this offense. I think the defense will be ready. Um, and I just want to say quick thoughts and prayers to James Cook. He's not playing. Tragically, his father passed away unexpectedly, so he won't be playing. Um, his brother Dalvin 
won't be playing either for the Minnesota Vikings this weekend. So, so that is a, a very sad story. But I think, nonetheless, Georgia's offense is going to be ready to go. Um, I like the Dogs, and, and I don't know if that's just too simplistic, but I think Cincinnati's in for one tomorrow. Yeah, I do, too. I, I do think we have a very focused uh, Georgia football team. I, I'm hoping this is a good game. I think this could be probably the best game of, of the weekend. Yeah. Um, when you look at the college football playoffs, I'm just not sure how competitive those games are going to be. Obviously, we'll jump into those after this. But, you know, this, this let, let's not sleep on Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati, too, um, I wouldn't say is feeling the pressure. But I think for them, obviously, there, there's a little bit of uh, anger and the fact that they really didn't get an opportunity to be in the playoffs. I mean, they got oh, to yeah. Like seven. Yeah, they were totally they looked over. backwards. Yeah. And so going forward, it's like, hey, listen, we won our conference championship. We're winning games. We're undefeated. Yet we kind of hit a, a wall and said, okay, yep, that's as far as you can go this year. Sorry, but you know you guys aren't going to make the playoffs. So one, I think they're pissed off, and two, I think they're kind of, you know, putting the rest of the group of five on their back right now and saying, listen, something needs to change. This is an opportunity for the group of five right now to say something needs to happen. Whether it's you need to allow a group of five team in the four in the final four, or three things, or two. Uh, we need to expand the playoffs to six or eight or three. We need our own playoffs. Mm-hmm. We just need to completely separate and say, hey, we're going to have our own playoffs at the end of the day. Group of five, let's make our own thing happen because it's bull crap. So for them right now, this is a huge game, I think, not only for Cincinnati, but for the group of five to go against a a, a hot Georgia d- um, football team, a team that's gotten a lot better throughout the season, especially offensively. And it is. It's, I would say it's more obviously a, a away game for Cincinnati. Going to be a lot more Georgia fans there in the stadium. Georgia's used to playing uh, in there. So I, I do think it'll be a good I'm interested to see Georgia's defense handling Desmond Ritter. I mean, they really haven't faced too many dual threat quarterbacks True. this season. True. Desmond Ritter's a beast, man. He, he's, he's improved as a passer this year. He's a tremendous runner. Uh, yeah, he can spin it. You said, too, this is the best defense that Georgia's faced. I mean, let's we've been giving this Georgia offense a lot of love, but who have they faced? Trash. Mississippi State, South Mississippi Carolina, Missouri. Everyone. South Carolina was missing everyone on defense. Missouri's defense is trash. Like, I-, I love their offense. I think they've improved. But let's see what they look like against a pretty good defense, a defense that's had time to prepare also. So I, I do think this is going to be a good football game. But I'm with you. I think Georgia wins this game. I don't think they blow them out. But I'll take maybe Georgia pull away in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I yeah, think I think you. I think seven's a really good number. Um, yeah. and and I think that's right. I think it'll be. Uh, I think it will be a good game. You mentioned about the playoffs. You mentioned about Cincinnati not really getting a look. The Chick Fil A Peach Bowl had their coaches press conference this morning, and there were some actually really good quotes. They asked Kirby Smart, "Would he like to see the playoff get expanded to eight teams?" And he said, "I'd like to see it get expanded, but I think you should expand it to twelve teams." and give the top four a bye week. And why did he say that? Because he said when Georgia was in the college football playoff and Alabama did not play in the SEC championship game, it was to their benefit. Of course, Alabama won that national championship on the amazing throw to Devontae Smith from Tua Tungvaluwa to beat Georgia. But he said if you went to 12 teams, the top four could get a bye, and it'd be a real incentive to keep that top four quality but open it up to 12 teams, of course, Georgia and Cincinnati would be in the playoff this year if that were the case. And Luke Fickle said, hey, this is the best team that we've played since my time at Cincinnati. And people kind of snarl at that and say, well, you played Ohio State a year ago. And Luke Fickle kind of backed that up and said, 
Yeah, but Ohio State was not where Georgia is in the season. I think it was week one or two where Georgia is now. I mean, you're talking about a team that's ready to roll. The offense is much better. The defense is one of the top units in the nation. Um, So I think that was really good um, respect from Coach Smart and Coach Fickle. Yeah, I agree with that. I kind of like that 12-game scenario. It it does sound pretty good to me. But, you know, I think – I think Georgia's in a very similar position to what Oklahoma is right now. I think Oklahoma, like we said before that game, this is their opportunity to, one, say, you know, screw you to the committee. We we are one of the best four teams in the country yeah. based on the way we progress throughout the season. I think Georgia's kind of feeling that a little bit too right now. By the way, they offense stepped it up this year uh, towards the end with JT Daniels at quarterback. But I think both teams are really looking forward to a great 2021 year. Yeah. Oklahoma saying, listen – Texas is a mess right now. You know, they don't even know who the hell they want there as their head coach. We are the best team. Uh, we got our, one of the best quarterbacks coming back next year, a kid that's gotten a lot better. Uh, and I think Georgia's saying the same thing right now. Well, listen, Florida's going to be out of it. Florida's completely going to have to rebuild a lot of their offense right now. We're, we're using this game to spring us into 2021 in a very positive matter. So I look at them. If they win this game, and they win it pretty convincingly with what they have back next year. Oklahoma and Georgia should be ranked in the top four or five teams in the country. Yeah. So this is a big moment for them to, like I said, get going for what to me could be a very promising year for the Bulldogs. No, I, I totally agree with you. Um, 100% agree with you. And like Kirk Herbstreet said on that college football playoff selection show, and you and I talked about it in our reaction, what do you mean by the best four teams? Do you mean the best four teams cumulatively throughout the season or do you mean the best four teams right now? Because that argument could have been made for Oklahoma, certainly. Yeah. And George obviously finished on a very high note as well, but against much lesser talent. So Aaron and I are both on the same side. Dogs, lay the seven, should be a great game. Let's dive into the next game. Triple header on ESPN tomorrow. I am fired up. I got my New Year's Day menu set up, putting food on the smoker tonight. Going to be awesome. Starting with the Rose Bowl. Yeah, buddy, the Rose Bowl actually being played in Jerry World out in Arlington, Texas tomorrow. It's at 4 p.m. right after the Peach Bowl on ESPN. Number four, Notre Dame against number one, Alabama. This line has shot up. I believe it opened at 17 and a half. Bama's a favorite. Bama's now a 20-point favorite. The total is 65 and a half. That is a ton of points. I, I just, again, I hate to just go chalk, chalk, chalk. Nobody's coming close to beating Alabama. They're not. The only way Notre Dame keeps this game close is if Alabama gets up by a 35-point lead late in the third quarter and starts calling the dogs off because they're going to start getting ready for the national championship game. Notre Dame can't sniff Alabama. This won't be close. Am I wrong? No, you're not. I, listen, the only way Notre Dame makes this close is they got to find a way to run the football. Um, I think that's something Slow that the game versus down. Clemson – they, they got away from, they got away from running the ball early on and, and just trying to make it a passing game. And th- that's the issue when you face offenses like Clemson, Alabama, you feel like you got to get out of you, who your identity is because you got You feel like you got to score a bunch of points, which you do. So um, I'm with you. I think Alabama is just Notre Dame is very, they are very one dimensional offensively. Uh, they don't have the skill players on the outside and that's what's really, you know, hindered them versus Clemson. They just couldn't find a way to create explosive plays uh, from those receivers. So I think Alabama does a good enough job defensively. Obviously, we know how good Alabama's offense is. I think Alabama scores anywhere from 45 to 55 points. I think they hold Notre Dame to around 17 to 20. So I'm with you. I'm taking Alabama in this one. They're too good, too good, too good. They're rolling offensively. 
Like I said, the two things Notre Dame can do in this game is one, run the football, eat up the clock, um, shorten this game up a little bit, and then they better get a turnover or two. Yeah. Only way they can make it. So like turnover, but score. They have to convert a boatload of fourth downs. Yeah. I mean, they are going to have to go for fourth down a ton in this football game. I mean, just if you're going to have to play the the stats, um, and and any I think anytime you're around the fifty yard line and it's fourth and you know five to underneath five, I almost feel like you have it. to go yeah. for it. I don't care what point in the game it is. You just know. I listen. This Notre Dame defense is good. Alabama, as we've seen in 2020, offenses are better than defenses. You're not going to be able to hold these guys under 40 points. What did you think about, I think it was McShay or Kuyper said that Ian Book is their ninth-rated quarterback prospect heading into the draft next year. And I think they've got, uh, excuse me, Zach Wilson from BYU as the third-rated. But I thought Zach Wilson's a junior. Is he for sure going to leave BYU? I think I think he is. Um, I've even seen Zach Wilson going ahead of Justin Fields. The way Justin wow! Fields played this yeah, season. yeah, a lot yeah. Of drafts. So, so which I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think the kids played really well this no, year. Stuck. I think Rocket Justin arm. Fields has a higher ceiling, but Justin Fields has not impressed this year at all. I mean, if you go back and watch the games, I mean, it's been especially against the better teams has not performed yeah. well. And Zach Wilson, I think every single game this year, you're like, damn, this kid's pretty legit. So, um, I like Ian Book. I mean, I don't think Ian Book is a a starter in the NFL, but I think he's a guy that uh, he's a fifth, sixth round draft pick. You know, he's played a lot of football. He's played really well. He's athletic. He has good arm strength. He's very creative. Um, you know, he'll, he'll get drafted. He'll just be a late, late type guy. I mean, it'll be interesting. You know, he he's someone, too, that he could come back next year. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you know, if he wants to. And I'm sure Notre Dame's hoping because. You know, I interviewed uh, on, on our serious show this week a one of the beat writers for Notre Dame, and they really don't have anyone. They're 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 anticipating a true freshman coming in and be the starter next year. So I think that's a little bit worrisome for the for the Notre Dame fans. So, like I said, with all the the new rules this year of guys being able to come back, he he could be someone that say, listen, a lot of quarterbacks in this draft, a lot of top quarterbacks in this draft. Maybe I'd be better off coming back another season. What do you think about Brian Kelly, Notre Dame's head coach, this past week saying, we don't have anything to prove? Um, talking about their big laid egg in the 2012 BCS yeah. National Championship game, and then, of course, getting blown out in the 2018 Cotton Bowl semifinal game, 30-3 to against Clemson. Um, you've got a shit ton to prove, buddy. You've you got to show up. You cannot get ran out by Alabama, which I would expect to happen. Um, that Again, that read the room. Just say, we understand what's ahead of us, and we look forward for the opportunity to compete. You know, you don't say, we have nothing to prove. Yes, you do. You've got a lot to prove. Aaron, I'm going to lay the 20 points here. Um, what about you? Yeah. yeah, I'll lay the 20 points, too, and I agree. They do have a lot to prove. And, you know, this is just another opportunity going forward that the committee said, hey, we, we, gave, you an op- we gave you a chance. I do think they deserve to be in the Final Four. And uh, there's no question the way they played this season, some big wins versus Clemson, a big win versus North Carolina – um, playing in the ACC, which has been a pretty good conference this season, probably the number I would say the number two conference based on where the season ended for the SEC. It's been that's that's a that's a good year for Notre Dame. They, yeah. they deserve a spot yeah, in the I playoff. Agree. But you got to show up and play. You got to show up and make the, this competitive. So they do have a lot to prove. I'm sure they're feeling the heat a little bit right now. Um, but I'm with you, man. I think Alabama rolls in this one big. I think so too. All right. I think the best game of the day um, is going to be Clemson. 
against Ohio State. It, of course, is the Sugar Bowl. It's the other semifinal game right after the Rose Bowl. That's right, the end of the triple header. It's at 8 p.m. on ESPN. Number three, Ohio State against number two, Clemson. Clemson is a seven and a half point favorite. The total is 66 and a half points. A lot of extracurriculars before this matchup. Mm-hmm. Dabo Sweeney's been running his mouth, continues to say how he doesn't think Ohio State should be in the college football playoff directly, but sort of indirectly talking about how playing games this season should be at a premium. I think Ohio State only played six games. I mean, it's an absolute joke. They should not be in the college football playoff. And then on the flip side, Ohio State's been saying out loud, Clemson's defense steals signals. That's why they're so good. That's why they know what plays are coming. That's why Brent Venables has the MO, I guess. And I wasn't really aware of this, Aaron, that they steal signals. They've got a massive support staff. Supposedly, Ohio State's out there saying these guys study film weeks in advance. They study play cards. They study signals. And they steal signals from other offenses, which is not illegal by any stretch of the imagination. Clemson's just taking advantage of what's out there. And Dabo Sweeney in the past, I read some articles, Aaron, has acknowledged it. He says, if information's out there and we can expose it, we will do so. So a lot of of bad blood heading into this matchup. It is a rematch of the unbelievable Fiesta Bowl a year ago, which was a semifinal as well. Ohio State should not be in this game, okay? And I hope that Clemson, I hope they steal the signals. I hope that Trevor Lawrence has an amazing game. I hope that Travis Etienne balls out. I think Ohio State should get ran out. I don't think these semifinal games are going to be close. I think they will be blowouts. I'm going to lay the 7.5 points here. Clemson's better. Clemson's more battle-tested. Clemson took on Notre Dame just a week ago and absolutely schlacked them. They know what it takes, and I think that that trumps a more rested, um, a a more healthy Ohio State team. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I hope it's close for a little bit, but I love the bad blood. I love the chippiness before kickoff. Uh, This is a big game for Justin Fields. I mean, we just talked about Zach and possibly taking over that number two spot in the NFL draft this year. I mean, this is his opportunity to – kind of right the wrongs of some of the games he's had this year versus bigger teams um, or against better teams there in, 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 the, in the Big Ten. So he needs to have a big game. Um, I just don't know, man. This Clemson defense, when they're healthy, uh, they're, they're pretty darn good. And then especially with time to prepare, I just don't think, especially Ohio State, because they've struggled to run the ball. I mean, their biggest running weapon is Justin Fields. So if you can just make Justin Fields a passer – I think this Ohio State team, which they did, or this Clemson defense, which they did to to Notre. I mean, go back to what they did in Notre Dame. They made Ian Book a passer. They they forced yep. him to stay in the pocket. Didn't let him get outside and run. Uh, and they shut down that offense. I think the same thing could be said for Ohio State. If you just force Justin Fields to stay in the pocket and beat you as a passer, you're going to have a chance to really dominate that game. And I, I anticipate Clemson have the same formula versus this offense going out there whooping it up. Uh, big big miss is going to be Tony Elliott, the offensive coordinator for Clemson. How much do you think that off. affects it? I do think it affects it. I mean, obviously he's a play caller. He's yeah. the guy in charge of, you know, I'm sure he's still game planning and making sure that's ready to go. But the end game decisions, that's going to sure. be a little bit different. But when you have the talent that Clemson has, uh, it may hurt, but I don't think it's going to hurt enough where Ohio State is going to have a chance to win this football game. Trevor Lawrence is rolling. ETN, Rodgers, um, they're just a better football team, plain and simple. They're a better offense. They're a better defense. I'm not in love with Ohio State defensively, and I'm just not in love with Ohio State and what they've done on the offensive side of the football this year. I think they win 
uh, Clemson wins by double digits. Yeah, I mean, they got carried into the college football playoff. Literally, the Big Ten made sure that they played Northwestern. They didn't look that good. Uh, They won the Big Ten championship, and the committee said, okay, we'll let Ohio State in. I mean, it's unbelievable. If they have any chance tomorrow, it's going to be because Justin Fields has maybe his best game as a Buckeye, and I just don't see that happening. As a former quarterback, Aaron, what are your thoughts on the accusations of signal stealing? I mean, my thoughts are this. Hey, Ohio State, do better. You know, either switch it up or hide it better. But if it's out there in plain sight, like, that ain't Clemson's fault. They're just taking advantage of what's out there. Everyone does. I mean, I go back to, um, it was funny, the 2002 Super Bowl when the Bucks won. And Derek Brooks said, to our Coach Dungy gave them all the code words and signals before the game. And they went out there and it was like the easiest thing in the world. They dominated the Raiders and ended up winning the Super Bowl. Like, you have to change it up. You yeah, I mean, if it's up. there, they're going to take does advantage it. NFL of it. does it. Um, I mean, that's one of the things they do. That's why coaches watch the TV copy a lot of times is to hear code words, to see signals because yes. they're not getting it on the on the um, uh, on the, the, the coaches copy. Uh, so that's why they go watch the TV copy of it. So, yes, everyone does it. There's no 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 one. Ohio State does it, too. So you'd be stupid not to at the end of the day. And that's one of the things we look for. I'm looking for when I'm watching film, even now as an announcer, I'm looking to see what are the signals the defense is giving and what the signals the quarterback's giving, so then I can use it on my broadcast. Yeah, I mean, how so, do you think Tony Romo predicts the plays that are going to happen? Yes, of course, he was it. a 15-year quarterback in the NFL, but when he sees stuff, he's like, okay, here's what's about to happen, and he puts it yes. on the telestrator. That is what game planning and scheming for football is. And if it's out there, they're going to take advantage sure. of it. So I expect Clemson to do it again. But again, I, I hope this is a great game. I wouldn't mind for a little scuffle in pregame. I wouldn't mind for Dabo to get up in Ryan Day's face. Make it interesting, please. Make it interesting. All right, prize picks. Going to be an awesome day for prize picks tomorrow. I am going to be tweeting out my plays. I expect us to get our email later on, Aaron, to let everybody know who our 10 picks are. The lines for the projections aren't out yet, but just give me a general consensus. You know where the numbers are going to be at. Let's just touch on the quarterbacks. Do you think Trevor Lawrence goes over whatever his projection will be against Ohio State's defense? Because I would go over on Trevor Lawrence. I'd go under on Justin Fields. I would definitely go over on Mac Jones. They are going to light it up on Notre Dame. And um, probably under on Ian Book. I'd probably expect Ian Book to be around that 18, 19, 20 point range. What are your What are your general thoughts on prize picks? I'm, I'm with you on both. I think Trevor Lawrence balls out. I think Justin Fields maybe tries to do a little bit too much. I can see him turn the ball over a couple times, which he's done in some, some of the games this season. Um, and I'm with you too. I think Mac has a big game versus Notre Dame defense. And then, you know, same thing, Ian book, the, the, the blueprint's been put out on how to slow down this, this Notre sure. Dame offense. Um, and I think, I think Alabama's defense is good enough to go out there and do their thing. I mean, Alabama's defense has struggled two times this year, Ole Miss and Florida, two yep. of the best offenses in the country. Yep. Notre Dame is not one of the best offenses in the country. I think they go out there. They're fine. They slow down the run. They keep them in the pocket. So I agree with you on both one over for Mac over for, for Trevor and then under for Justin and under for Ian. What about the Georgia-Cincinnati game? Do you think Ritter will go off on Georgia's defense? Do you think Georgia will be run heavy with Zamir White? Um, it really seems like, hey, Todd Munkin's throwing the keys to JT Daniels, and JT loves George Pickens. So I think it could go either way for Georgia, but I would expect them to put 35, 42 points on the board tomorrow. I would go over for both those quarterbacks. You know, I think the I way like JT's that. played— and then, you know, as we always say with running quarterbacks, you got to take the overall most with those guys. Yeah. And 
And Desmond's a guy that can, you know, easily sneak in there and get you one or two rushing touchdowns. For sure. And that's 12 points right there. So, um, and he hasn't turned the ball over a lot this season either. So I, I would go over for both those guys most likely. All right, go to prizepicks.com, download the Prize Picks app, use the promo code PUNT, and you get a 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. Two more quick picks for you here, Aaron. These are the Saturday games rounding at the New Year's Six. Fiesta Bowl, 4 p.m. on ESPN Saturday. Number 25, Oregon, that's the Pac-12 champs, taking on number 10, Iowa State, the Big 12 runner-ups. Iowa State's a four-point favorite. This game's in Glendale, Arizona. Um, your thoughts here? I'll, I'll go with Oregon. Give me I was, Oregon, yeah. Oregon too. I think winning that Pac-12 championship game gave them some juice. Iowa State, um, yeah, I just – I know Oklahoma's balling out right now. They're a damn good team. But, you know, I just think that those guys went into that game with such high expectations. They lost it. They lost opportunity to win the Big 12. I just don't think – just like Florida, I don't know how motivated those guys are heading into this game. I think Oregon, like I said – Builds on that championship, uh, winning the Pac-12, and goes out there uh, and has a chance to win this one. So I'll take them with the points. I agree. And then I think this will be the game of the weekend. It's the Orange Bowl. It's at 8 p.m. on ESPN Saturday. Number five, Texas A&M, taking on number 13, North Carolina. A&M is a 7.5-point favorite. The total here is 65.5. I'll go over 65.5. North Carolina has been like the number one over team in the nation this year. What are your thoughts here? Um, Texas A&M, a lot to prove, a little to prove. Kellen Mond, Jimbo Fisher, but on the flip side, North Carolina, I know they had that bad loss. Or, excuse me, they whooped up on Miami. They didn't have a bad loss. Yeah, they um, don't. Miami, holy, that I, run game. I love A&M's defense. I okay. Think you think defense. they can slow down North Carolina? Yeah, I mean, you go back to that Notre Dame game versus North Carolina, and and, and that defense was able to really slow down. True. That, that powerful North Carolina offense. And I really, 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 really like the Aggies on the defense side of the football. And, and you know, I think Kellen Mond needs to have a big game. You know, he's a guy, too, that's heading to the draft. And yep. He's trying to get as high as he can go. And, you know, this is another opportunity for him to go out there and put some crazy stats, finish his career off the right way there for, for Texas A&M. Um, so so you, I, you're going to lay the seven and a half? I, I think I think A&M, I'll take A&M with the points. All right. I'm going to take North Carolina here because that will allow us to have one different pick for this amazing weekend of college football. So Aaron is going to lay the 7.5 with a and I'll take the points with UNC. I think they are going to be really excited to be there, have a lot to prove, a lot of talent coming back in Chapel Hill mm-hmm. next year. All right, there it is, man. Again, I think it's going to be awesome football all weekend long. Hope everybody has a safe and happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year to you, my man. Anything on the way out? No, happy new year to you, and uh, you kind of motivated me. I might get my grill cranking as Come well, on. depending on this weather, and uh, yeah, get, might just pop a bottle open this afternoon and get the get the celebration started. No doubt, dude. Here's my menu: black eyed peas, of course, collard greens, obviously. I always put a pork butt on the smoker, so I got pork butt, black eyed peas, collard greens, and Guinness. You have to drink Guinness on New Year's Day; it brings you a lot of good luck. Those things are obvious, and if you want good luck, you'll need it, and it will help out. With your prize picks, be sure to go to prizepicks.com, download the prize picks app, use the promo code PUMP, you get a 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. Prize picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market. You pick two, three, or four players, you can win up to 10x on any entry. No sharks, no optimizers, no mass multi entries. It's just you versus the projections. Go to prizepicks.com, download the prize picks app, use the promo code PUMP.
He's Aaron Murray. I'm Drew Butler. Follow us on social media at Punt and Pass, at Drew Butler, at Aaron Murray 11. Check out puntandpass.com, and we'll talk to you next week. See you.